0: Hello and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast. This is Alvern, and you're very welcome to the podcast today. So, today we're going to be looking at 11 painful reasons why you fail to increase blog traffic. If you have been a blogger for between 2 and 10 years and you continue to find it difficult to gain traction in your niche, then I may have a few reasons why you struggle to increase blog traffic. You see, there are many bloggers who continue to create blog posts month after month, year after year, with only seeing tiny improvements. They are led to believe that this is normal and that blogging should be this hard. They choose to continue on this path with a long term flicker of hope. The truth is that many bloggers struggle on some very minor things that they don't even realize that they are doing wrong. After reading and commenting over 100 blogs in the last six months, I've come to realize that maybe they just don't know and someone needs to make them aware. So in this particular podcast, I'm going to outline a few simple tweaks that are pretty obvious to some and not to others. These tweaks are what makes the difference between professional blogging who and those who experience rapid growth in a matter of months or even weeks compared to a five-year blogger who still struggles to increase blog traffic or to see any sort of significant improvements in their blog traffic. I would know because I've seen some really um, huge improvements, especially when it comes to SEO. So I'm just talking from experience what has worked and what will work for you as well. So first on the list is blog layout, just to help you increase your blog traffic. Uh, this may have not occurred to you yet, but have you spent some time assessing the layout of the paragraphs on your blog? In this particular case, I'm talking about, when I talk, when I talk about the blog layout, I'm talking about just giving the, re- the reader or your reader, your audience a better or the best a possible experience. See, in a recent study by HubSpot, it was found that 43% of people admit to skimming blog posts as opposed to reading them fully. 43% is a huge number. This means that if your layout is not conducive to skimmers, you will miss out on 43% of that traffic that you should have received on your blog. Potential readers will click the back button which then affects your bounce rate. This then has a knock-on effect on your ranking in the search engine results pages. So here I've uh, given an example of a chunky par- paragraph. So you need to go into the show notes and, and see it. Unfortunately, it's very hard to explain, but say for example, you have um, a paragraph that is um, 10 lines long. And what you do is put all of those 10 lines together in single line spacing. So that's a huge chunk of information. Anyone skimming your particular blog post would not be able to you know, quickly read main points because it's all chunked up into a whole block of information. Um, and what happens then is they can't skim it, they lose interest and they click the back button. Um, Ideally, what you should have instead of just 10 lines of information all chunked up together in single line spacing is have that broken down into five um, groups of two line two lines of information. So you have each, um, that paragraph is still one paragraph, but instead of having it all bunched up into one, you put it two lines of information. So um, two lines, and a, sp- and a space, two lines, and a space, etc. If you go into my show notes, you'll actually see an example of that. I've been writing like that for the last, I don't know, six to twelve months, possibly. And I have seen a very huge improvement in my um, in the people who are engaging in my in my site. My bounce rate has reduced. Bounce rate is just um, the amount of time people would. spend time instead of clicking the back button so i've reduced from 99 to say 70 69 percent which is uh, a big improvement next on the list then we have the font size plus line spacing so when i when i talk about font size actually it might come as a surprise to you but the size of your font combined with the spaces between each of the lines has a positive or a negative effect on your reader. The ideal font size should be 14 points and spaces in the line should be between 1.4 and 1.6. If you're not sure what I mean by this, if you can just Google it, cause it's again, kind of hard to explain on a podcast. Um, um, if you're using, for example, Open Sans or Arial, one of the popular fonts, you just make sure when you go into your, um, your ability to customize your, your team, if you, especially if you're using WordPress, or you can even talk to your um, website administrator, make sure it's at least 14 points in size and nothing smaller. It shouldn't be smaller. I personally have gone to some websites and the font is so tiny. You can barely read what's written on the page. So depending on your audience, obviously if your audience is young and spunky in their 20s, although there are people who are in their 20s who who wear glasses, you can't actually see everybody has 20-20 vision. Think about how small the text is on your page, um, especially people who are reading from mobile mobile devices or um, even tablets or they've got a 12-inch laptop screen you know, it will be very small for them to read. So just consider that. So a combination of the perfect paragraph um, layout together with font size and spaces between the lines gives the reader gives the reader a feeling of momentum. So they feel like if they're reading much more quickly, so your your blog post could be 8,000 words, but because it's layout really well and people are able to read it um, really quickly because it gives them that momentum to go through the information much quicker. Then they will that will reduce your bounce rate and increase the amount of traffic to your blog. And they will quicker share it with their friends as well. So in the long run, if a topic is interesting, the reader then engages with the content uh, more, re- more readily, uh, which means less skimming as well. So far, you can see that there is a domino effect that happens when your reader engages with the blog post. So you've got a great layout um, plus the font, the correct font size, which means that you get an increased session per user. So each user would spend a much longer time on your page. Say for example, uh, between two and five minutes, which then reduces your bounce rate, which increases your rankings in the Google search engines, which then brings you more traffic. All right. So next on the list, we've got repeating titles several times. So as I mentioned previously at the start of this particular podcast, I have visited over one hundred blogs in the last sort of six months. Um, so I was able to draw these observations. I was really surprised to see bloggers repeating the same title twice and sometimes up to eight times. You've got the exact same title. So, so for example, the title for this particular podcast, if I if I were to squeeze it down into uh, between three and five words, it would be increase your blog traffic, for example. And someone would have that same title over a six month period appearing eight times for eight different blog posts. <sighs> and I think it is that they don't realize how, you know, your, the search engine spiders uh, indexes your uh, blog post pages. The title is in the H1 tags and they tell the spiders, this is the most important text that you use to index. So when, when the spider's indexing your blog posts, how do they index your blog posts that has different content eight times with the same, inti- same title of increase your blog traffic? That's just, you know, not on. So if you've been doing this on your particular blog, and your blog is underperforming, you need to stop and take notice. The title of your blog post is where is what happened, up uh, sorry, what appears in your H1 tags. So you know, because you know Google is a it's, the whole idea of search engine optimization is a whole technical rules and regulations. These H1 tags indicate to the search engines what your post is about. And it's really impossible to have eight posts on one blog blog ranking for the same title in the search engine results pages. You are only doing your blog a disservice by repeating the titles even more than once. Once is enough. And there's a sort of competition between all of these blog posts for the same title. Number four on the list is challenges with images. So when it comes to an image uh, use, there are a variety of challenges that bloggers face when when it comes to using images. The first one is not enhancing images that they that they use for search engine optimization. What I mean by this is not naming images with keywords um, that you want to rank in the in the search. So, for example, the images on this particular podcast um, the show notes is going to have at least one of them. It's going to have the keyword um, increase blog traffic or at least increase your blog traffic. Um, at least one time. So you can't have an image that is image underscore 235 dot It has to have a name that allows it to rank in a search. Um, another one I observe is placing images that are too large alongside the text. So it is important to remember that images should complement the text um, as opposed to uh, overpowering the text because yes you have photography sites and that's different because the ph- photography sites have captions and they've got um, some bit of text there but if, you, if it is an actual blog post and the images are much larger than the text and just it doesn't complement it then you run into problems some even go as far as not even to include images in at all in their blog posts. Um, and if you're just wondering why why you need images Remember that they help the reader relate to and consume your content much better if you have images compared to if you don't have it at all. By far, the most important is creating images that are social media friendly, which makes it easy easy for the reader to share um, your content with their tribes. If you remember, when you go into social media, uh, social media posts with images are shared much or get better, much higher engagement than those with text only. So that's why you, it's important to have social media friendly images on your blog post. Number five on the list is a lack of social sharing options. So, so many times I find a great post and I want, and I said, oh my goodness, I need to share this on my Twitter feed um, because, you know, it's just such an amazing thing. And I would be going through that particular blog post scrolling up and down, spending five minutes, just looking, looking for a way to share, <laughs> to share this particular blog post. And I just cannot find any social media sharing buttons. And I'm just like, oh, I just want to share this. How do I do this? If you want your blog to grow really quickly, then you really need to give people the opportunity to help you spread that content across several different channels. It is understandable if you've never realized it previously. So take this post, this, you know, this advice, so to speak, as a wake-up call. If you are using WordPress.org as your blogging platform, there are a few options available. We've got Social Warfare, which is the one I use at the moment. Um, it offers really great options, and it gives you the ability to put in the text. Images, hashtags, etc., that you need to um, give them give people the ability to to easily share. Another option is uh, that included is the, the click uh, click to tweet <laughs> the click to tweet option. So you can include it click click to tweet within your um, content and gives them the easy ability to easily tweet like a little paragraph that they can tweet out um over social media. The next one is social social pug, which is equally as good. And some bloggers actually find social pug better than um social pugs, that's P U G better than social warfare. So take a look at both of them and you you decide which one you prefer. If you are a food blogger, then W P Tasty would be the plugin for you. It allows you t- to seamlessly do um recipes much more efficiently compared to Social Warfare and Social Pug. Some food bloggers actually use both WP Tasty and Social Warfare on their blogs. So if you don't want your content to be shared across social media, that would be very strange, but maybe blogging isn't for you, or maybe, you know, that's your particular preference. Number six on the list is SSL Certificate is Missing. In case you are not aware, since July 2018, Google has been marking sites as not secure when they don't have an SSL suit installed. SSL stands for Secure Socket Layer. And if you've never heard me mention it before, I did cover it in a podcast in, uh, in the past when it came to choosing your um, hosting company. So I cover that in a lot of detail. So if you want to go back and search through my content for um, uh, hosting, I you would find information on that there. But essentially, uh, it allows you to secure your website in such a way that be, you know because of all the things that's happening with GDPR in Europe, um, you want to make sure that people's information and the, the sessions that they spend on the time they spend on your website and they interact with your content that it's 100% secure. That's basically why Google has done it. I am constantly at a loss as to why so many bloggers choose not to take advantage of the free SSL suits. Free, because I remember five years ago, you had to pay. There was a minimum charge of $60 a year for an SSL suit. Now you can get it for free and it's offered by most web hosting companies. If you're using WordPress.org as a Blogging platform. You, it's easy to install using what we call the really simple SSL plugin. Most web hosting companies offer you the ability to get a free SSL certificate using or via uh, Let's Encrypt, the Let's Encrypt program. An SSL certificate is important because it helps you with your rankings and builds trust between you and your audience. All right, so number seven on the list then is. Wrong permalink structure for SEO. Well, when I first started blogging over 10 years ago, one of the very, very first things I learned was to set up my blog properly with the correct permalink structure. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, (laughs) I've left a screenshot in the show notes so you can see a vivid example of what it is. Basically, when you go into the backend and the settings of your WordPress site, you've given the, the option to have I think around seven different permalink structures um, and if you look at it, you'd see many of them, um, some of them give you um, all sort of different options. Um, you have the ability to decide whether you want um, like for example just a number or you can get date plus um, a name a post name or you can just get date or you know there's so many different options the one that you want to use is the, the one that i have, I have um, highlighted there which is post name so your know, domain name.com forward slash the name of the post it is common knowledge that in in order to rank better in the in the google you that you use the one indicated as I've mentioned in the image, which is um, yourdomaincom forward slash post No dates, no other things and anything like that. Uh, there are many other options available there. It gives you a specific date or a number or whatever it is because the date doesn't really say much. It's just a date. You're gonna rank for the date, which is not what you want to rank for. Why would anyone want to rank for a date? Whereas um, if you rank for a number, like post number, one two three. That means you're ranking for post number one two three. That doesn't make any sense. You want to make sure you're ranking for something that's meaningful, like a keyword, for example. So optimizing your post for the uh, your post name in the URL is number eight. So just really that goes hand in hand with that. On that same particular topic, many bloggers still choose to have a very very long post name um, as their URL. So you can still have a post name. So my post name is eleven, um, 11 surprising uh, or eleven painful truths why your blog post isn't why you why you why you fail to increase your blog traffic." For example, that's a very long name. You don't need to have that whole long name. Um, if you if you totally lost what I'm what I'm talking about. Here is an example. Say, for example, you're gonna write a blog post about the best dog vacations in Michigan. However, your actual title is seven best best dog vacation spots in Michigan during summer months. That's very long. Then your blog, blog post URL, good Lord, that is such a tongue twister. Your blog post URL should be as short as possible. It is important that a URL actually contains the keyword that you want to rank for in the first place so your domain name forward slash seven best dog vacation spots seven hyphen best hyphen dog vacation spots hyphen in Michigan hyphen during summer months you know all of that in between will look more like your domain name.com forward slash best hyphen dog hyphen. Vacation hyphen spots hyphen Michigan. Because your keyword is dog vacation spots Michigan. And you want to rank be ranking as the best. So many other people might have dog Michi- vacation spots Michigan, where you can have best dog vacation spots Michigan. And that's a much shorter way to write it compared to the one that has, let's say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine words in it. This one only has five. So I'm just hoping that. I know it's a podcast and it's really hard to visualize if you're not a visual person, but just remember the shorter the URL is, the better it would be for you and your blog. It will help you rank much better in your search results um, if the version of that URL is short and succinct. So number nine on the list is hobby or business. So week after week i meet many bloggers who admit that they don't spend a lot of time on their blog but they want to become a full-time blogger if you want to become a full-time blogger then you need to put in the hours needed to get the reward the rewards if you don't have a lot of time available there are several ways in which you can work smart to achieve more results with your blog starting a blog with the long-term goal of generating and income should involve just as much work and strategy as starting any kind of business. So growing your blog to, say, 100,000 page views a month does involve a few things. For example, publishing fresh content regularly, gaining exposure from SEO, obtaining exposure from a following on social media, guest posting, appearing on podcasts. If you only do one through four you will still get to your hundred thousand page views a month eventually however if you are only doing the first item which is publishing fresh content regularly say once a month you publish a blog post every every month once a month that's 12 blog posts a month and you you're not interested in seo you're not ranking for seo and you're not promoting it on social media and you're not doing guest posting then you can't really expect to get a lot of results from just doing that. There are expecti- there are exceptions to every rule, obviously. If you are already a celebrity in your own right, then you probably need to post only once a year and you get the traffic that you need. Treat your blog like a business and it will perform for you. Number 10 on the list is lack of quality content. This may sound surprising, but I remember doing this over 10 years ago. The minimum would count back then, I think it was 300 words on your blog post in order to get, you know, a good amount of rankings on Google. In fact, I think you could get away with about 150 words over 10 years ago. If you're writing a blog post just to get a minimum word count, you need to evaluate your motives. I can tell you that I did it as well because I dislike writing so much. I absolutely hated it. Now, I just can't stop writing because I love it to bits. If your blog post is less than 2000 words, or sorry, if, if mine, sorry, not yours because yours can be less, but mine, if I find that when I write a blog post and it's less than 2000 words, I feel like if I'm not giving my reader sufficient value. The reason why I write in the first place is for my audience. My goal should not be writing for the search engine only. It should be focus on giving value to my audience. Yes, some readers complain that they see a blog post that's two thousand words long because they don't want to read something that's that long. They want to read something that's short and sweet. But then I I've, I've read blog posts that's like three hundred words and it's like. Oh, where's the rest of it? (laughs) Something's missing. So maybe I'm a good reader as well. So imagine having a conversation with someone and stopping short because you've reached your limit. You know, you're having a conversation with your friend and you say, I can't can't talk anymore. I've reached my limit. I can only talk 300 words. Uh, Because, you know, that's your limit. I know that song is kind of ridiculous, but it's the same thing applies with writing. When you write a blog post, you are building a rapport at that relationship with your audience. So why, why limit yourself to 300 words? Yeah, 800 words is enough. Yeah, 1,000 words is enough. Yes, some people say 500 words is sort of, you know, that sweet spot. I don't know. But for me, I prefer to write a blog post. That's 2,000 words or 1,500 1, to 2,000 words. Um, otherwise, then what's the point in doing it? All right, so number 11 on the list is collaborate. Collaborate to increase your blog traffic. It is nearly impossible to build a successful blog without collaborating with other bloggers. The larger your network, the higher your chances of success to increase blog traffic. A superb example of this is Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. In order to get the word out about your your brand new blog posts, you need to collaborate. Building lasting relationships is one of the keys to having a high-performing blog. It has been said so many times in the past. If everyone is moving forward together, then success takes care of itself. This is a quote by Henry Ford. I love this quote as it only has 12 words and it packs a huge punch. George Shin goes on to say, There is no such thing as a self-made man. You will reach your goals only with the help of others. So think about that, chew on those two things. There are tons of tribes on Tailwind app, loads of groups on uh, group boards on Pinterest, a huge number of Facebook groups, lots of pods on Instagram that will help you achieve your blogging success. If you are unfamiliar with Pinterest, then you can grab the Pinterest SEO tips that I've left in the show notes that will help you significantly increase your results. So, time to wrap up. Put an end to your blog's underperformance by spending some time to increase your blog traffic with these small tweaks. Only tiny. You know, many large corporations will tell you sometimes they just need to increase their performance by 1% or 2% to bring to you know bring back to bring down huge rewards so if you're a billion dollar company 2% of a billion is massive whereas if you're a smaller company obviously 2% isn't that big but it gives you huge gains because this is like 11 different things that you need to do and if each of them is 2% 11 by 2 is 22% difference you will see a 22% increase in the things that you're doing and but but then there's a multiplier effect it might be 20%, 22% change in what you're doing, but the compound effect over 12 months is going to be massive. To be honest, I know that I can easily add five more ideas or items to this list, but I will leave it there for now as these small changes can bring a significant results for you. Here are nine other tips that you can use, not necessary right now. I've left a link in the show notes to grow your blog traffic over the next 12 months on autopilot. I've left a link in the show notes. I've covered that in a podcast previously. So I've left a link to that particular podcast episode. If you want to become a full-time blogger, uh, you may want to consider what, switching from blogger, wordpress.com or Wix over to a self-hosted platform like wordpress.org. So over to you. What has been your experience so far when it comes to blogging? What has worked for you? What are your struggles? Please leave your feedback and comments in the show notes and I'll be happy to address whatever um, problems you may have. So please remember to subscribe to the Success Unscrambled podcast where you will be the first to hear what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world, your positive review of this particular podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 24 months. So please leave a positive review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite podcast player is. Are you thinking of starting a blog? You can check out some blogging for beginners tips that will help you reduce blogging errors. If you are still in the process of trying to get approved for AdSense, then do check out these other 33 AdSense alternatives, which I've left a link in the show notes. If you want to take advantage of some free traffic for your blog from Pinterest? You can check out my Pinterest tips and also grab the 20 tools that all successful bloggers use um, to improve their efficiencies when it comes to blogging. And uh, If you're a startup or small business and need help with um, hiring a virtual assistant to complete such tasks as social media marketing, blogging, keyword research, Pinterest account management, and take a look at the packages that I have available. I've left the link in the show notes. That's it for now. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of the week.